everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 250. It says right, it's the big 250. And we're here to celebrate the holidays with you. Yay! <laughs> apparently pretty sleepy holidays. Uh, that's Emmanuel Marino falling asleep on the West Coast. Oh, it's so cold here. It's below 70. Oh, don't you even start with me. Anna Marie Neufeld is here in the in the Midwest. And she's on mute. She she's still on mute. <laughs> porridge. She's eating porridge and freezing because it's cold here, and there's over a foot of what snow in my driveway. Is it sixty nine degrees? Are you kidding me? Uh, how about how about um? It's tw- it is twenty three degrees. So take that. 123? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. All right. Um, <laughs> you know what is always warm and sunny? What? Where our good friend Quinn is. That's right. <laughs> John, you're with over in jolly old England. I may not be able to make it home for Christmas due to rampant flooding. Rampant flooding? Hmm. Okay. Why do you sound so surprised? Yeah, why is it flooding? islands normally don't flood. Rain, mostly. You know, Atlantis. Oh, no, 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 no. England floods. England floods like mad. It's not because of the fact we're an island. It's because we've got rivers everywhere. Uh, right. So, yeah, basically the train line between, uh, like, here and Cornwall is flooded. Well, Alex Fuller is also in England. Is it flooding where you are? I think so, but I haven't been outside. You know, I realized this week we got snowed in. I'm I'm your host, Chris Riveteer here. Um, we're all from RP Gamer, and we like to bring you RPG news. So here's the here's the thing. This week we got hit with a big old blizzard. Over 12 inches of snow here, like 18 in some areas. Um, and I realize geeks don't care about blizzards as long as the internet stays on because they don't go outside anyway. Yeah, but a tree fell on our satellite dish. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I did care about that. So my satellite's out. And that sucks because I'm going home for Christmas, so it probably won't be fixed till next year. And I don't even know how long it's going to take, so that really sucks. <sighs> Fortunately, I realize Until I don't care that year. much. Yeah? You say that as if that's not like three days away. I know. <laughs> but still. No, I know. It's just funny the way you said, oh, it's not going to be fixed until next year. I do that on purpose. It's nine days, Mandy. Mm. Oh, that makes okay then. <laughs> I'm sorry for your loss. Ooh, there's a holiday card from Atlas where you can shake up Teddy. I like it's, it. Man, what are you going to do at home without satellite television? You know, not like you have a new fiancé and tons of video games. We're leaving as soon as the podcast is up. Okay, see, there you go. You're not even going to be home. Not no. even going to be home. Yeah, not even going to be home. Uh, you know, what do you want from me? Uh, and even if we were home, I've got a boxy and the internet, so I got plenty of content out there that I can watch. <laughs> I really don't need the satellite. And this guy was trying to give um, the English a hard time for being I complainers. I know. What am I complaining about? Um, certainly not about feedback, because you guys gave us plenty of it this week. But we're not going to do that yet, because first is recently played, and I've forgotten my own show order. Good for me! Hey, Woo! hey, let's do it different, man. It's nope. the last podcast of the year. No. Nope. No, we're sticking with the formula. Stick with All the right. formula. Stay on target. Don't turn off your targeting computer. So, Christopher, what have you been playing? Um, more World of Warcraft, and I won't bore you with that. Getting more item level. Yay, yay, yay. Um, 
a little bit of Final Fantasy VI, and then last night I played through all of the Leviathan DLC for Mass Effect Three. Leviathan. Leviathan. Okay. <laughs> Leviathan. The Levi- the Leviathan DLC. The Leviathan DLC. Executable. Execute. Exe- yeah, I can't even say that. <laughs> Executable. That's terrible. <laughs> so yeah, I've been playing through the Leviathan DLC, and um, holy crap! Why isn't that part of the game? <laughs> uh, I think that you could say about like ninety percent of the DLC for. Well, there's only three DLC packs, right? And two out of the three of them should be um, part of the game for sure. Jarvis and Javik and Javik. That's his name. Yes. <laughs> Jarvis is something else. Um, Javik and uh, Leviathan for sure because um, you get a lot of really important backstory <laughs> with the Leviathan DLC <laughs> that explains a lot about the entire um, everything, and it's insane that they didn't include that in the game. Wait, wait. Are you trying to tell me that like? EA purposely held some stuff back that was needed for the main game? Yeah, yeah, I guess I am. <laughs> for a profit, no less? For a profit. Um, it's quite, you know, it's a big DLC, too. It's uh, f- three separate missions in there instead of, you know, I was used to the uh, to the old uh, DLC packs from Mass Effect 2 where it was like one mission. Um, so you get a f- substantial amount of story and mission and big reveals and all that stuff. And I realized... I don't actually care to play Mass Effect 3 anymore, so I, I, um, yeah, I have all my powers and stuff, and I'm getting more levels and more equipment, and I realize I don't, I don't really care to play through it anymore, so I turned it down to casual and was just going through for the cutscenes. And Did I you finish the game way. the first time around? Yeah, absolutely. I, I just feel done with it now. Now it's just like, I want to see the extra content, which makes me wonder, why don't I just YouTube it? Be a lot less expensive. Oh, right, because I like the, uh, the you get to play Citadel Detective, and I like that stuff. Going around and clicking on things and investigating and all that sort of stuff, so I do like that. So, yeah, this DLC is, uh, has a little bit of uh, detective work, a little bit of story cutscenes, a little bit of action, and a lot of big reveals. So, How much is it again? I don't know. Too much, I'm sure. Okay. It's either 10 or 15, um, and... Yeah, it it should have been in the game, <laughs> so you won't feel good about that <laughs> when you're done. You're like, why didn't they put this in here? So, so, so what, if you're so playing you... through Mass Effect Three for the first time, you need the Javik and the Leviathan DLC. Just put it in your game, and that way you won't have this odd feeling of coming to it after the fact. Great. So it's twenty bucks plus twenty. Great. It's, you get to pay full price for it all over again. Mm-hmm. That's nice. I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah. yeah. Well, I Don't got Javik for free. I got Javik for free because. Oh, but you, but you still no, you say for free in quotes, but that means you bought the collection edition. Yes. Good point. Hmm. EA wins again. <laughs> I've been defeated. Anyway, it was a good DLC for what that's worth. <laughs> um, and I'm going to uh, after the new year because I won't have my computer with me. Um, I will play through the recently released Omega DLC, and then my plan is to play through the extended ending. And with all that stuff and with finishing Leviathan, it's supposed to alter the ending and stuff, and I want to see what happens. Um, Let's see if it's just as terrible as it was before, or if it's slightly better or not. I'll let you know. Did you listen to the Giant Bombcast where uh, Brad Shoemaker recently just played through the whole game for the first time? Sure did. Did you listen to the spoiler stuff and everything? Yeah. So you probably have a good idea what's changed already. 
Yeah, but I want to see it because they were they were rem- they were recollecting things incorrectly. So, you know, I was so worried about having that game spoiled for me, but after hearing that ending, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I've, there's there's nothing to spoil. You just it's it's about how disappointed do you want to be? <laughs> it, it, it's, it sounds like it comes out of such left field that it's like, it, oh, well, you're better right. off kind of knowing it's going to suck, you know. <laughs> Yeah. So that you can well, enjoy the rest of the game. are much tempered. <laughs> yeah, so you can enjoy the rest of the game, which is still awesome, and then just you know be ready to be let down at the end and not worry about it so much. Yeah, that works for me on Final Fantasy Thirteen too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh well, hey, when we get to news, we can talk about more disappointment with Lightning Returns. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, Alex, have you been playing stuff? Um, yes, I have. What What has that stuff been? <laughs> Uh, the last few days I've been playing Halo 4 multiplayer a fair bit, just because it's nice and easy to get into. Uh, aside from that, I finally got around to completing Dragon Age 2. I've been sort of sitting on the final axe for about six months. <laughs> so I finally went and completed that. And I've also been playing Persona 4 Golden most of the rest of the time, which is still awesome. Okay, so Dragon Age 2... Did you enjoy finishing that, or is that like a disappointing end? Uh, in between the two, really, I was sort of wasn't that disappointed, but it it wasn't awesome. Hmm. Okay, so sort of glad I played it. Don't really care to play it again. Got it. Hmm. Dragon Age Two loading will kill anyone. I don't know what that means? That's what the chat room suggests. Don't wait for the loading screens in Dragon Age 2, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, they were quite long, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was sort of half doing other stuff at the same time, so sort of whenever that came up, I sort of go, go do that. You played on a console? Um, PS3. PS3. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah. Well, I, could, I actually had something to do during those like, 60 seconds of loading, so... <laughs> so far... Uh, how are you enjoying Persona 4 Golden? Very much so. Very much so. Anna's been enjoying it, except she hasn't played it for like two weeks now, even though she's not done with it. That was my... Yeah. Yeah, I was trying no, to... I've, I've been playing it for about three weeks, and I'm only about a third of the way through, so... <laughs> well, and she got through like the end boss and everything. She's in all the bonus extra special content, and she's like just yeah. completely stalled out. Okay. So I don't know what's up with that. Maybe she could comment, Just, but she I've can't been playing speak. other stuff that I wanted to prioritize for a little bit, and I'll go back to it. Sure, you will. We believe you, don't we? No, we don't. All right. Shut up. What is this other stuff you've been playing, Anna? Um, I've been playing a little more Final Fantasy IX, although I accidentally killed the Go, so I had to wait for it to recharge. And then I've also been playing The World Ends With You solo remix. Woohoo! Um, yeah, it was on sale. Square Enix had a big yeah. sale. It's like 30% off every single iPhone game. So everything more. was only slightly overpriced. Yeah. I was going to say that. <laughs> At least some of the stuff we bought was universal. So we got the crappy version of 4. And crappy version, you say? Ugh, it's the DS version. I thought people, I thought people liked the remake. Yeah. And, I uh, don't. I like the After Years. That's the remake that I like. 
Anyways, um, and tactics. Is that universal now? Um, no, I bought both versions. Oh, Chris. I know. They were both on sale. The, my rule was I'm waiting for tactics to get under 10 bucks, and they finally did it. How much? Okay. It's 9 bucks instead of like 17 or whatever. So, you, so it was 20 to get both. Shush. Okay. <laughs> I will buy tactics on every platform it comes out on. He's such right. a putz. Um, and then, yeah, we got The World Ends With You for iPad, because it is also not universal. So you know, you know what's on sale? The full game, iOS Universal, with cloud saves and everything? Bastion, yeah. 99 cents right now. Yeah, no thanks. I'd Someone bought it for me on Steam. Yeah, it was Bane. Thank you, Bane. Yay, I appreciate Bane. the gift. So it's installed, and I'll play it probably. Bane's such holidays. a nice guy. I'm so used to him going... Only have from Anna, I have Bastion on Xbox. Yeah, but now I can play it on the PC. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and 1080p. Yeah, but it's... The, on my laptop? On her laptop? No. And also, um, you want a controller for that game. Uh, well, no, the, the, what they did with the iOS version is quite nice. So if you're just more like a... But she's got it on Steam. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you're a tourist kind of gamer, you know, you just want to like exp- you know enjoy the experience and the content, it, it works just fine that way. Okay. I like the narrator. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to hire him to say things for you, don't you? Yes. Uh-huh. And then Anna woke up. <laughs> she made the bed. What are you she talking about? I don't water. make the bed. She didn't make the bed. Chris was angry. <laughs> it's my bed. Uh-huh. <laughs> um... What was I going to say? What else have I been playing this week? Puzzles and Dragons? Yeah, Puzzle and Dragon and Fairway Golf and all the, the iOS games that, that I've been playing. Play. Yep, Skylanders, uh, Lost Islands, and uh, Pen and Paper. And yeah. Um, That's it. And well. And World of Warcraft. Yep. That was the my week. World of Warcraft. But yeah, The World Ends With You, I'm, I'm, I think I'm actually on day seven. So... We shall see what happens. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Uh, what else have we got? Ooh, we've got Manny. You been playing anything? I've been FTLing. FTL! That was on sale. Yeah, got it like, for like five bucks. Everything else right now is on sale. <laughs> Everything's on F- sale. You know, the, the secret, everyone thinks Black Friday is when you get the good deals is actually at the end of the year when yep. everything is super cheap, including televisions, because they want to clear out their stock for the 2013 models. So it's like, if you really want cheap stuff, you get it in late December. Of course, the reason why no one really does that, though, is because you need Christmas presents before then. So. But yeah, everything's on sale. Everything's dirt cheap. FTL's uh, space roguelike. I'm sure you've played a ton of it, Chris. Yeah. How are you loving it? Um, hmm. Oh, cool. Uh I like, yeah, I've talked about it plenty on here. I, I do like it a lot. Um, I just, it's a bit too hard of a game for me, but I still enjoyed playing it anyway. You um, put it on easy mode? Um, there's only normal and hard. No, there's normal and easy. Normal and easy. Well, this is like Devil May Cry 3, where normal is actually <laughs> hard, you know? It's not so bad. I mean, it's just, the, you know, just keep on playing until you get lucky. I, I've unlocked, like, the NG ship and layout, and it's second layout. 
stealth ship and uh, the Zoltan ship in its second layout. So, you know, it's been going through it. But I think I'm kind of burned out on it for a while. Mm. Just like I'm burned out on New Vegas, which I don't mind, though, because it took me like four years to beat Oblivion. And it took me three years to beat Fallout 3. It's just one of those games where you can, you know, you play for like maybe 20 20 hours, you put it away, you come back six months later, and you start over again where you left off. Like nothing, mm-hmm. like you like you haven't been gone at all. So I burned out a little bit on uh, New Vegas. I just been going too hard on it, and FTLing in the meantime. Still, Forza Horizon. It's it's cool, but I need. I think I need more friends in that game. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just competing against my own scores. Yeah. And what else is going on? I'm probably gonna start. Mm, what should I do during the Christmas break? Arkham City. Or Saints Row the Third Game of the Year edition. Saints Row the Ar- Third. I'm thinking Arkham City. It's cold. It's dark. It's brooding. <laughs> Just That's- what you want to feel like in the holidays. Well, isn't it? Come on. I, when I think, I think Batman. I think Christmas. Thanks to uh, Tim Burton. Yeah, because wasn't weren't the weren't the first two Batman films, or was it just uh, Batman Returns? That was the Christmas one. Uh, I thought it was the second one with the Penguin, but maybe yeah, both. Yeah. Still, I still associate like Winter Time with Batman. With Batman. I'm I want to be Batman. Ho ho ho! Batman. That's very peculiar. What? That association? No, not really. Danny Elfman's sweeping it's sort of like combined Danny Elfman's uh, score with, with Batman Returns and uh, the animated series came out around the same time and some of the most best episodes they had were the Christmas episodes with the Joker and then you have that song Jingle Bells Batman Smells Robin Laid an Egg yep I think that seals it yep 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 there you go see this is the Christmas themed episode we're singing for you guys yep we are Oh, let's see. We've got... Let's see. Oh, John, tell us about the mecha games you played this week. Uh, it's the same one I was playing last week. Well, tell us about it anyway. Actually, I might actually play that much of it this week. I'm trying to remember. It's been a long week, and my sleep pattern has been all over the place. I'm having trouble remembering stuff. Mm. I'm curious. I want to I'm, I'm ask you some mecha-related questions. Okay. All right. So, how big... I mean, how small... Can a mecha be before you you lose interest in it? How small? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it just giant robots, fifty foot tall robots? Are we talking? Well, about the both the um, the original generation series and uh, some of the I think some of the handheld titles have included human sized like characters. All right, because I was thinking because some certain forms of power armor are big enough and more complicated enough that they turn into basically like miniature robot suits. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they've been included. All right, so you are into that scene, too. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, uh, Super Robot Wars JW on the GBA and the DS had um, uh, Tekkerman Blade, which is basically that concept. All right, cool. Just been wondering. Uh, I, just, I just always wonder what the divide is between, like, giant robot fans and, like, power armor fans. Is there a place they meet in the middle where they both, like, or where one I goes, no, no, no. I think there are some people who kind of who, who don't like that sort of stuff, but because I've uh, always found um, stuff like Super Sentai and Kamen Rider hilarious, I, it kind of just kind of rolls in anyway. Cool. Right, when I think of that kind of size, I think uh, 
Starcraft power armor, which is just about that. I think about uh, what's that one that everyone loves? They had like the genetically engineered humans who rebelled, and they had the robot suits, with the crystals in the back. Oh, they had a really cool toy line. Ah, uh, can't remember. But you know, they had like they made a Martian human. Humans made a, like a Martian a race of like laborers, genetically engineered them. Ah, oh, it's gonna drive me crazy. <laughs> Sounds like sounds like the plot for a late eighties cartoon. It was basically. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm gonna be googling. Any further questions? Uh, no. I think that's all. Um, so, yeah, Exo Squad. Love Exo Squad. Yes. The other stuff I've been playing this week. Um, I've uh start, started and almost finished another playthrough of uh, Neil Corbett's excellent translation of um, Seiken Densetsu Three. Or Secret of Mana 2, if you're being particularly pedantic. Um, I don't know why I decided to sit down and start playing that. I just sort of did and didn't stop. Um, if you haven't played it at all, ever, um, but you liked the original Secret of Mana, you could always give it a look. It is, it, there is a full English translation patch for it. So you can shake your fist in rage at the game, uh, at an, yet another game that the original Squaresoft didn't see fit for US release. Um, I picked up the Steam release of um, uh, the remake of the original Saturn Nights into Dreams, uh, which is now the third time I bought that because I also bought the PS2 version, which also didn't come outside Japan. Uh, sure, I finished it in about two hours, um, but uh, it's a fun little game. Probably one of the Sega Saturn's best games, really, which is saying a lot. Um... And yeah, then just put some putting some time into the uh, the campaign mode of Shogun Total War. Uh, the expansion? Yeah, specifically, I did a, a run through of um, Fall of the Samurai, the Boshin War expansion. Cool, and that's the one's standalone, right? Uh, yeah, I think Fall of the Samurai is standalone actually. Someone in the chat room wants to know if you're into Gundam. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm. 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 I just. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know. Was 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 it obvious? Was it, was it not obvious? Man, I'm looking through these Exo Squad toys. My youth. Ugh. So cool. Christmas nostalgia. Total non sequitur. Oh, actually, I have another. Fu- I have a funny story to tell, though, because uh, I also put some time into League of Legends this week. Um, you, oh, you've been playing some League. Uh, David and I um, ordered some stuff. For- they've put some new merchandise for League of Legends on the uh, Jinx store in the last couple of weeks. So David and I wanted to pick some stuff up for Christmas, um, and uh, what we decided to order was two of the um, little Teemo hats. I'm wearing it right now. Um, and the one that Chris uh, has, yeah, they actually they're actually selling those now. So yeah, Dave and I, but we have a pair of Timo hats. Mm. Chris, do you have your Timo hat handy so people can see? It's on right now. Yeah, yeah, uh, those those have actually turned up. But imagine my surprise when I went down to the depot today to pick the parcel up and pay the customs fees on it because it wasn't going to get delivered before Christmas. I, I crack the box open, I pull the Timo hats down, and I find a creeper underneath. Huh, nice. 
Turns out they'd send us, they'd send accidentally sent us a creeper from Minecraft in place of the Ramus plushie that I ordered. Eh, weird. Yeah. Are you gonna exchange it? Are you gonna keep? I'm it? Try, I've, I'm, I'm, I've, I've already got in contact with a customer service. You know, basically, you, know, you sent me the wrong damn thing. I wanted that as a Christmas present. Damn it. Um. Yeah, but I haven't heard anything back for them yet. So. When doesn't Jinx ruin Christmas? <laughs> well, it was funny actually because uh, they they put a Facebook post up uh, when the uh, they started selling the Ramus plushies and I think the Timo hats as well. Um, and the the sheer influx of people to the Jinx store promptly crashed the site. Like literally, took it offline for about twenty minutes. So yeah, yeah, that was fun. But I do have Timo hat. Uh, that's that's like the upside to this is we do have a pair of Timo hats, which I'm very happy about. So yeah, no, I'm that's been my week. I'm gonna have to uh, Timo T I M O what? Uh, T E E M O. Cool. Timo is a champion from League of Legends who wears this rather silly hat. Cool, looking it up. You just type in Timo hat. There's a lot of image results for it. I think they used to give. They basically used to give them out uh, free at um, like packs and stuff. Captain oh, like Timo reporting for free? I don't think so. They were for sale. Yeah, I had to buy. Oh, uh, I, I think in a couple of like tournaments and stuff. I think they've actually given them out. They you may seen, have. Like, uh, like, like the crowd at, uh, I think it was like IPL5 in Las Vegas or something, and like 75% of the people in the audience are wearing Timo hats. It's quite creepy. Okay. So that's, that's John then. What's left? Did we miss anybody? Michael's not no, here, but I he's probably. Michael's not here, but he's probably playing Etrian Odyssey 3. <laughs> Knowing him. Let's talk about build orders and no. <laughs> build orders and what? No, no, no. I'm just talking feedback. Mm. Feedback time. Yeah, I've got my Chocobo Santa here. See, this is what you miss when you don't listen to the live stream. You're missing Chocobo Santa, Timo hats, and Christmas trees. Christmas tree. Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. Uh, 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 uh. I don't know the words. All right, so let's get into feedback. So thank you guys for sending in lots of feedback after our request last week. So here's our first section from the legendary Zoltan says, I can't stand the thought they're not being feedback for an episode, so I've got fun question for you that I often find myself daydreaming about. If you were going to live on an uninhabited island for the rest of your life, what's the one and only game you would bring? So Final Fantasy six. Something with an internet connection so I can call for help. I know, right? <laughs> so he, so he's thinking that most people would not bring their favorite game, but instead a game that has lots to do. I'd I'd bring a game that had a good level editor so I can make my own games eventually. I I would think I'd want something like Baldur's Gate 2. Oh god, no. Cuz that has that goes on and on forever or um, Yeah, maybe but then never you have to play Baldur's Gate 2 forever. You'd, you'd put that away eventually and start, like, I don't know, hunting and fishing and getting into shape. <laughs> <laughs> I should bring T- P90X, the video game. No, I'm just thinking, Ubisoft, like, if you game, 
Think of a game that has like its own that you can you know create your own new stories with. Little Big like, Planet. No, that's too limiting. I mean, you have time. You have the rest of your life to learn how to make, you know, program new levels for it or something. A C plus plus compiler. I don't know what you're getting at. If if Little Big Planet's too limiting, what isn't? Uh, well, come on, that's on a P- like like Skyrim. Okay. Well, Skyrim be good. That's that's a good long one to have. And you, not only is it long and full of its own content, but then like with like the ease of stuff like Steam Workshop, you can build a whole. I mean, you can get into the mod tools and start making some real crazy stuff. You one of those games that it's easy to come up with your own challenges for how to replay it, and say this time I'm going to play through it without ever using my left hand or something. Or this time I'll be pure archer and I'll blah 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 Archie Archie. Yeah. So I'm thinking like a big RPG like Skyrim. Uh, something you can mod that has good modding tools. So if you get bored of the content, you can create your own content and stories. But you have no internet, so you have no one else's mods. So hopefully you've got the documentation. Oh, but you have time to learn, don't you? With no documentation? Yeah. <laughs> Trial and error. I guess. <laughs> what else are you going to be doing? Yeah, I don't Trying know. Trying to get rescued. <laughs> hmm. This is where football mode is perfect. Football manager? <laughs> yeah. Okay, explain how that one works. We'll start in Never Ends. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, could, you could probably yeah, you spend... Keep, keep playing for forever. You could probably you, spend an absolute eternity trying to get uh, Truro FC uh, into the Premier Division. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You've, you've also got the editor there as well. And the amount of time I spent last year just creating the Liechtenstein League system. Well, it's far too long. <laughs> All right. So we got Skyrim. We got Football Manager. Any other nominees? Uh, can I cheat? Can I, uh, can, I, can I cheat and say Final Fantasy XI? <laughs> of course. Except there's no yeah, internet. Hey, if there was an offline version of Final Fantasy XI, I'd take that. I'd, I'd be good for yeah, about 20 years. a massive years. world, lots of content, lots of stories, and eventually be able to make your own story. I'm sure there's a lot of games I can't think of that fit that mold. Hell, Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. good it's just call. A basically a block set, so you never, you don't lose your sanity. That works. Okay, good. Anna, what are you bringing? You said Final Fantasy VI, which I think is the wrong answer. You're gonna get too old. bad. You're gonna get bored of that quickly. <laughs> all right. Are you kidding me? Do you know how long it takes for me to get Gao all of his crap? <laughs> all right. Yeah, but that's your one game. Your one game. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next letter is from Shadow Hotto. Um, actually, he didn't use his nickname this time. So, whatever. Rapid one-minute idea time. Think of the most innovative thing you could do with a Wii U gamepad for an RPG. Any type of RPG, just think of the most out-of-the-box innovation you can think of, even if it involves breaking your gamepad in half and wearing it as a decorative accessory. You have one minute. Go. Well, there's nothing to think of. If it's been done, it's already been done on the DS. What? Oh, the Wii, the Wii U is just a big DS. Hmm. Do everybody agree with this? Because there's been no RPG innovations that were good on the DS that use the. What makes you think there's going to be a good RPG innovation on the Wii U? Multiplayer. <laughs> That's the sort of main way it can do it. Yeah, multiplayer and RPGs, that works out so well. 
Well, oh, yeah, I think the Dungeons and Dragons sort of game master thing is the main one, isn't it? Yes, I like that idea. Yeah, the, the the DM mode. So someone's sitting there on the couch coming up with challenges that you're going to find in later rooms as you are progressing through the dungeon, maybe. But can't you just do that with like an iPad and Apple TV? Nobody has. No one's got. <laughs> what do you think they're going to do with the Wii U? I don't know. Um, well, first of all, you can't game on an Apple TV, so that's not even a valid starting Soon point. Soon enough. Uh-huh. How about on a system that actually exists, like the Wii U? Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's the difference between the DS, is it's got this multiplayer component to it. Because two people well, can use it at the same time. Two, two uh, gamepads? No, a gamepad and a Wii m- remote. So asynchronous play? Yes. No, that's not asynchronous at all. Somebody's on the TV. Uh, I mean, uh, co-op. Got the wrong word. Couch. Basically, one has a Wiimote and the other one has the gamepad. That's right. It's a model they've already established here, and that nobody else does with any of their systems. I'll be honest. That just sounds so gimmicky. I would never want to play it. I don't know. We've we've enjoyed it so far. We and finding an RPG that takes advantage of it, I think, would be a good idea. I don't know what yeah. they're going to do, though. <laughs> I'm definitely not the audience for that. I want, like, the Mario-style gameplay in a good RPG, especially something like a TRPG. Mm. I don't know how that would work in a tactical RPG. It's like somebody with the gamepads checking out all the stats of the enemies and then shouting at the person controlling the TV, hey, come over here, this one's weak. I don't know how that works. <laughs> well, if you're the person with the... Um gamepad has a sort of overall view of the battlefield or TV just shows sort of from one character's perspective yeah but that's like just for one person to play isn't it yeah well possibly if, if, if the um, person with the gamepad can do sort of stuff just on the gamepad itself so like point out where the enemy is and stuff yeah I suppose but, yep. yep hmm Okay. I don't know. Oh, that's our minute. I don't know. I think we've already come up with more ideas than Nintendo has. So I we'll see. We'll I see. feel good about it so far. We'll see where we get to. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, but see. you know, but you say that though. But I, I just really quickly, I just worry that when you hear like gimmick and innovation, all I think is. You know how every when every first Vita game came out, you had to use the back touch, and they had to use the touch screen, and they had to use the buttons, and you had to use the Wi-Fi, and you had to use near all at the same time. Yeah. So you know what I mean, and that doesn't make a good game. No, just it because. So when I think about the Wii, I'm thinking like, are you going to be moving it up to your face, do this, and then you're going to be touching the screen, and then moving to the buttons, and then looking up at the other thing, and looking up here. Um, Maybe just no, keeping it simple. We're not and just augmenting it slightly. <laughs> None of the descriptions we came up with had you moving the Wii remote out around at all. Yeah, but you're just talking about, oh, whatever. I mean, I think that's exactly the difference, is that we're not trying to shove every feature into it. We're just trying to come up with something useful to do. That's not going to happen. That's going to take a while before that happens. Oh, yeah. It's going to be sort of a lot of failures before someone actually gets it right, I think. <laughs> like, remember how everyone had to use the six axis for a while, and then eventually just by forcing it in there and realizing how much people hated it they're like you know what probably shouldn't use this anymore okay that wasn't a developer thing though that was Sony yeah yep. that's his point that oh, it, okay. they were forcing people to do it no I just worry when I hear about just, just, just let's just worry about making a great game and if the tools in front of you let you do that I don't know so what's the next one we got uh, from 
the sleepy RBG, he says, Does, did everyone get their Christmas shopping done? Uh, yes. All right. First, I must comment on the Final Fantasy discussion on the pre- previous podcast. I have to agree with Mr. Tidwell's opinion of 3, 4, and 5 really being the same game. But I digress. Let me get on to the real reason for today's letter. I've been browsing the PSN store, and I came across the classic PS2 game selection. Um, let's see. And thought there are better classic games that they could put on there, which brought this question to mind. If you could put any one of your favorite, air quote, classic PS2 games for download, which one would you choose? No, the funny PS2 thing is a lot of PS2. Those... PS2. Oh. I think a lot of that's licensing, though, because doesn't Japan have a much better selection of downloadable We've got licensing taken care of. Let's just... Okay. No, I just think it's funny because a lot of this stuff is already available, like, in Europe for download and in uh, yeah. Japan. Like, the the harder-to-find SMT games. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So what would I want? I, I don't know. I think I own every PS2 game I could ever want. So I don't know why I would need it on download. I... <laughs> Once them on downloads, when they can, when the Vita can play them. Ah, see, that's, that's a good the main, that's the main thing I want first. But I would like Final Fantasy ten at some point. Well, that's coming to the Vita already. Ha, ha, <laughs> yeah, ha, ha. <laughs> apparently. Hmm. PS two. I think we need Dirge of Cerberus. No, no, no. You know, to be honest, I would rather have these games downloadable on PC and, like, maybe just have them in 1080p or just, you know, just. just, I've said this many times. Just make them them available to whatever platform. Hmm. Yeah, I'm really having trouble remembering good PS2 games. It's it's only been, like, six, seven years. Come on, man. Yeah, I know. What's wrong with that? I I never had the PS2, so I've (laughs) got. I'm struggling a bit. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, what's the same hey, version? What, they, what they should really do is uh, they should uh, release a translation of uh, that Super Robot Wars game they made for the PS2. Uh, the oh. one that doesn't have any of the licensed series in. The remake of the GBA games. The ones that they did release in America. Mm-hmm. Translate that and stick it on the classic store. You know, nobody will buy it. and It'll be a phenomenal waste of money. But hey, you know, it was worth a try. Hmm. Well, you buy it, so they've got one sale at least. They yeah, probably... they got one sale. <laughs> they should probably re-release the Disgaea games. That would Those would be good to have up for download. Ah, uh, uh, yeah, but the problem there is that the, the portable versions tend to be a lot better. A lot better or just better? Uh, I found uh, the PSP version of 2 a lot better than its console counterpart. Oh, okay. Is that because it's a better performing game, more content, or it's better suited for the platform? Uh, more, it's well, actually, it, I think it's kind of part more content and part better suited for the platform. Hmm. Like it, it's the sort of game that I felt I could handle better on a like on a kind of pick up, put down portable with a sleep mode. Okay. Seriously, what about the, I, Yeah, oh, you say he makes a good point because when I when I was playing the sky, I can never bring myself to jump into the item world. Like for one particular item for like right. an hour when I could be making my way through the story. But if I was on a bus or a train, yeah, sure, I'll do some minor world stuff. How about some of the Suikoden games? No? Suikoden 3? Yeah. That's kind of hard to find, yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd be good. Them. Yeah. Um, or do we care about Dark Cloud 2? No. No? Okay. <laughs> Dragon Quest 8 would be a good one. 
I'm looking through the release list for PS2 in case you can't tell. <laughs> uh, no, okay, now we say this, but are these the original games unaltered or are they like HD versions? And uh, original game unaltered. Oh. Yeah, PS2 classics would be. Yeah. The, yeah. Huh. Hmm. Final Fantasy X 2? No? Uh, really? might be no. might be worth <laughs> might be worth it just for watch people's heads swivel. <laughs> uh, the Xenosaga collection. That's PS2. Yeah. Oh, you're right with the pretentious German names. The Sprockets of the. It's the, Nietzsche. Yeah. It's Nietzsche. Thus, the Their willies are mocked. It's Nietzsche. It's deep because it's Nietzsche. Their wir so macht. Grandia- I still kind of feel. Oh, okay. I still kind of feel like I should play the Xenosaga series just because I think Cosmos is an awesome character. But yeah. I mean, literally, my own experience with her as a character, otherwise, comes from the Endless Frontier series. Hmm. All right, we got another letter from Bogrot here. Hello, three questions, if you don't mind. He says, "From listening to the now playing section, I know that you guys enjoy many different genres: racing, puzzle, action, shooter, etc. But obviously, you have all." have a particular love for rpgs and i was just wondering why what is it about rpgs that you love so much i guess for me it's the escapism rpgs capture that feeling of having another world to explore better than most other games or most other genres rather uh i i i think i may be in the position where um it's not that i like rpgs more it's just i like talking about rpgs more you know, I agree. Yeah, you know, that's a really good point because I, I feel like I play a lot of other genres, but the games that I look forward to and want to talk about and the ones that I, I sort of think about more are RPGs. I don't, I never sit around going like, man, I can't wait till Halo 4 comes out. Did you see the new video about the Halo 4 system that came out? No, instead I'm thinking about like, oh, did you hear about Cyberpunk? They're going to let you do this in this world or they're going to let you do that in this world or – I like thinking about RPGs more and talking about RPGs more and looking forward to those more than like a first-person shooter, which is like a six-hour experience. You get it, you're done, you move on to the next one. I think I'm more in the same boat as the question asker because I, I quite like the sort of escaping and sort of the exploring other worlds part. That's what I like. I like being most. able to mindlessly run around and grind and be able to overcome challenges by putting time into it and feel like I can always make progress which I can't do with other genres yeah I mean I know that sort of the RPGs I like are always mostly the story based ones rather than the sort of roguelike dungeon crawlers yeah. so I, I feel like with RPGs, I think when I think about them and talk about them, it's more like I feel like there's layers to discuss and talk about. And I like the way you put that, Quinn. Like more to, I like talking about them more because, like, when I think about like a future RPG on the horizon, I think, oh, there's this system and there's this system layered on top of that system, and then there's this whole city that's designed like this and it's meant to be, you know, inspired by this, blah blah blah. And there's this layer and this mini game, and you know. There's a lot to sort of wrap your mind around and sort of just look forward to in the future. Whereas opposed, like you know, like any other genre. It's like, oh, yeah, you hear Batman's coming out? Yeah, it's pretty cool. They're going to have all the villains there. Yeah, that's awesome. I look forward to playing that. <laughs> and then, you you know, you move on. Huh. Hmm. Cool. But, you know, what's weird. Everyone always just says, they, like, just as a small little tension on this, the way you guys put this, I, I've never understood the notion of playing games for escapism because I've never felt like I've played a video game in my life to escape. You know? 
I feel like that's yeah. not why I come to gaming. So when I hear people say that, I know it's a common answer. I'm not judging you for it or anything like that, but just my personal experience playing games my whole life, I just it's not something I quite understand. Yeah, you know? it might not quite be the sort of correct words. It's not really escaping, sort of exploring another world. Mm-hmm. No, but I legitimately do but, hear people yeah. say, like, I, I play to escape, get away from my crappy job or just five minutes alone. You know, I, I hear that too. And it's like, that's cool, man. Play games for whatever reason yeah. that makes you happy. But I just personally never understood that. Um, let's see. What's your favorite RPG and why? Mine is Final Fantasy VI because it's awesome. The end. Anna, what's yours? I don't have just one favorite. Well, you have to pick one anyway. Uh, um... All right, Manny, what's yours? <laughs> I'm with I'm with Anna. There's so many games I like for like. There's more like there's sort of like signposts for my tastes and my changing tastes or my childhood or adolescence. Sort of like I liked Nocturne a lot. It's like that's one of my like sort of tent poles or signposts because it's sort of represented sort of like reminding me what I love so much about Japanese game development and Japanese when when the, what. Japanese developers do right in a game and what they can really do and like sort of stuff like Oblivion which are showing me like maybe you like more open RPGs than you than all these uh, linear JRPGs you've been playing for all these years you know sort of stuff like that there's I like a lot of games for different reasons or like even Skies of Arcadia I'll say it's like well I mean I like those linear games as much as I used to anymore but like with a little bit of freedom and a little bit and a lot of nostalgia I can get myself right back into those old school kind of games you know I guess they would be called different chapters in, the, in my gaming history. I can like name a like RPG at each chapter heading. John, do you got one? Uh, well, I might be in a similar boat to Manny. There is one that usually sits at the top, which is Skies of Arcadia. Okay. Why? Um, oh, it's just a really, really good game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, well, I, I've always Skies of Arcadia to me, I think, has always been my favorite because I kind of fell in love with. Um, it was like the setting, it was a combination of the setting and the writing. Um, I think in a kind of way, it, it, the storyline, like the writers kind of knew that the storyline was quite, um, God, how do I phrase this? Simple? Uh, yeah, kind of simple, maybe a bit cliche, but they kind of ran with it and it really does kind of work. I mean, that's um, why it works. It's it just, it's simple because it's meant to be a simple adventure story. There's no, he's not a dark and tight. Like it was refreshing after so many years of of playing as Gact and a cloud. You know, you know, from like Final Fantasy, all these other dark antiheroes who are just so sad and depressed. You just have a guy who's chipper and excited to be on an adventure because adventure. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, you know, hey, I've been I've been put up in the best prison that the world has to offer. Let's break out again. You know. Um, yeah, it, it, there is something to be said about the, the character writing in Skies of Arcadia. Um, yeah, if you haven't played it and you own a GameCube, go go play it. We'll wait. They really do capture that sense of exploration and, you know, adventuring spirit. Like, just even little things like having places you can go explore and find landmarks, and you have a reason to find landmarks before another guy, because you don't want him finding landmarks before you do. Or even, like, little things like when you get stranded on a desert island... And you just sort of lived there for a few days. No, I, I thought it was refreshing. I'd never seen that in a game before. Yeah, that was. I, you know, I remember that particular section actually. That was different. 
like how you actually uh, like sort of go the, the sequence of events that effectively brings your your little group together again. Sure, it's a like a massive contrived coincidence, but in the context of the story, it still works. Well, sorry, it kind of in in it, it feels like a kind of cliched con- con- coincidence about how your uh, how your main character meets up with the other two after being stranded on a desert island, but at the same time, it it kind of works. <laughs> hey, that was one of the most fun dungeons in the game because you're it's it's a co-op dungeon where you're switching between characters, but each character doesn't realize it. So it yeah, they funny. just think the dun- dungeon's moving by itself. Adventure. I guess that's what I play games for. Just you know, an experience. It's just one more experience I can use to enrich my life. Whether it be a book, or going to a museum, or just just one more you know interesting thing that I can play with, explore, imagine, think about. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Hey, these are some pretty good questions so far. Yeah, they have been. Next one is the story of how Final Fantasy. Like one, oh yeah, go ahead. Uh, there's usually about sort of five that I sort of rotate between, but I'll probably go Tales of Symphonia on this one. Mostly because it's sort of the one that sort of flicked the switch that got me into RPGs. And then before then, sort of, I played a couple, but I never sort of actively looked for them. So, so you recently got into RPGs then? Because that came out like what, like maybe a decade ago? Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm fairly recent compared to sort of everyone else on staff. Hmm. Cool. Yeah, so that's the one that sort of got me interested. I mean, there's a few I played before, but I sort of then realised what an RPG was at that point. Still, what, what, what? Really quickly, what made that click with you? What was? Why was this the trigger point as opposed to other RPGs you played before? Um, I'm not sure. It's one thing. I think it's sort of the combination of sort of everything, and I think it was the visual style as well. Sort of, I really liked. So that anime style as well. So it's sort of the time I started getting into anime. As well as that, so sort of, it came at the right time. Mm. I think it's how my tastes were developing. If you send this, this guy got like a few paragraphs on each of us. Okay, yeah. Chris, this one's all you. I want to hear a wonderful story from you right uh, now. It's not that big of a story. I'll keep it short. We got a long right. show. Um, so, fi- the story of how Final Fantasy changed Chris's life, um, it was Final Fantasy XI, and it's you're reading more into it than there was. Um, basically, through that, I met Michael Tidwell and got involved with RP Gamer in at all, and uh, which, you know, that's a big change. And then it eventually led to me doing this podcast, and now I'm a podcaster for five years, and I love it, and I don't want to give it up, and... Um, so that was all because wait, I got in that Final Fantasy XI beta. Isn't this wait? Isn't it, isn't as a result of RB Gamer how you met your future wife? Yeah, basically. So yeah, FF11 yeah. changed your life. Yeah, that's true. I wouldn't have known Anna if not for that. Yay! Well, that's really cool. Yay! I got to turn this into a. Yeah, all right. I got to think about something romantic to do with that. There, right. I, I can hear. I can hear your speech. Um, your uh, your wedding vows now, Anna. Final Fantasy <laughs> Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, I can imagine the toast. You can, you can invite the developers of Final Fantasy XI. Say, true. If it wasn't for you guys. All right. From Ocelot. Says, Dear RPG cast, sorry I didn't write last week. Apparently I tend to get forgetful and somewhat more confused as the week goes on. My doctor says it's probably nothing, or possibly a side effect, of the new top secret government experiment where I'm participant number 047644. Uh, oops. Uh, shoot, never mind. Switching the subject. So, um, how is your day going so far? How's the? I hope the podcast is good. 
Uh, you must be recording this live right now, aren't you? Uh, how are the sound levels, Chris? Great. Okay. So, hmm. Let's see. RPG. RPG questions. Uh, okay. What RPGs are you playing right now? Shoot. Wait. Ah. Uh. There's a whole segment for that, isn't there? I should know that. I write every week. Well, except last week. But that was only because the radioactive treatment they are giving me for at the lab had its dosage increased by 10.7%. Oh, no. Not again. Must stay focused. Number three. Do you guys have any superpowers? I mean, like, impressive ones. Like, for example, I found out yesterday that I can fly. When I concentrate really hard, I can imagine myself somewhere else, and then, like, I'm there. The other day, I was able to teleport to... No! Okay. I can do this. Let's see. Four. Well, you guys should really play Virtue's Last Reward. It's amazing. Do you agree? I hope you agree. If you don't, I can travel back in time and make it so that you agree. Uh, the man at the lab said that I go f- to treatments that I go to for treatment said that if I just not again, <laughs> if I could just need to make it through a single question, just one question, without fumbling over myself and giving away top secret information pertinent to national security, that would be absolutely awesome. Really, that would be great. Maybe if I just ask something simple. Number five. What are you most grateful for in 2012? There, that should do it. All right. <laughs> what are we most grateful for? I got to say, man, in the future, you can use the backspace key, you know? It'll solve <laughs> all your problems. Gaming-wise or just in general? Um, Gaming-wise, I think. Let's limit it a little. Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Nice. That's a great one. Yeah, change the industry. You know, I'm sure we'll get this into news, but like you know, like how you can do a Kickstarter wrong, but you know, Double Fine Adventure sounds pretty great. I mean, look, uh, I love their documentary series. Uh, we got Wasteland Two coming up soon, and they're doing great stuff with that. Project Eternity with Obsidian and Shadowrun Returns. This is like a list of really cool titles to be excited for in 2012. I mean, 2013. Nice. Uh, let's see. Gaming wise, I would have to say World of Warcraft because um, it was something I was able to focus on while I was having a number of health problems a couple months ago, and um, it was a nice game that I was able to just be participant enough to get through those without thinking about them while um, being distracting and fun enough that I can, you know. Uh, well, yeah, so there's distracting enough while not being too demanding and just something I can do and sit down and not have to think much about. And there's always something more to do. Uh, that's for me. Anna, what are you most grateful for gaming-wise? Uh, hmm. Yeah, I would say, like, <laughs> I'm going to be general and say online games just because all of my friends are everywhere around the world, so it's nice that we're able to get together and do gaming together. All right, John? Uh, I would probably say, although this is probably a fairly predictable answer, uh, I'd kind of like to say uh, probably the Super Robot Wars game, the most recent PS3 one, just for kind of being the game that I waited like seven years for. It's in glorious HDO vision. HDO vision. All right. Alex? I'm going to continue the Virtue's Last Award, love. Mm. So you do like Virtue's Last Reward? I really do like that game. It's yeah. one of my favorites this year. So yeah, Sava and I did a a Geekly Weekly a couple nights ago, and he was just gushing over how awesome it was. 
And he finished it and got all the endings and just absolutely loved all of it. Yeah, well, it's not truly finished until you actually get all the endings because of the way it works. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, Manny, did you give one? Kickstarter. Oh, yes, you did. All right. <laughs> so we're good. Um, so, you know, the reason why I'm excited for Kickstarter is... Yes. Oh man, Kickstarter! I actually gave, I actually willingly gave money to Peter Molyneux this week. Ah, <laughs> 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 jokes on you, John. Uh, all right, what do you? Let's see. You said puppies, didn't you? Impressive, right? Um, I forgot to tell you. I can read minds now. Uh, apparently, you can't. Or maybe I shouldn't have told you that. Until we meet again, possibly in another timeline. Subject zero four seven six. Shoot, I mean ocelot. Thank you, Ocelot. That's our feedback for the week. Hooray. Okay. So, time to get into the news. Wait, did you read Zoltan's question from the forums? I did. That was the first okay. thing I read. Oh, shoot. My bad. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, let's, uh, let's get into it here. Dark Souls 2. We got a story about Dark Souls 2. It says, if we were going to announce this as a sequel to Dark Souls, they, there, was an interview, there was a director in Famitsu with uh, Hide, Hidetaka... Miyazaki, who's a director of Dark Souls series, and he was saying things about you know what's you know how the game going to compare to the first uh, to the other Dark Souls. And he says, "If we were, I'm going to announce this as a sequel to Dark Souls, and I think there's certainly a core we need to protect: uh, the difficulty level, how you achieve things in game, the concepts behind the mechanics and level design. Outside of that core, though, I think it's better to leave things to the discretion of the director." Um, he also said things like. Um, there's a direct I can't I wouldn't say there's a direct connection as far as story is concerned between the two games. The game is set in a different part of the same planet. To put it another way, if the first game was in the North Pole, this would be the South Pole. That sort of contrast. Time is one of the central keywords we're keeping in mind as we create this. I can't give de- concrete details about this yet, so hopefully you'll be able to use your imagination for now. So with comments like that, do we feel a little bit nervous that they're going to about what they're doing to Dark Souls because people were worried when they were thinking saying things about making it more accessible. Do anybody... Well, yeah, well, go ahead. Well, I'm just saying, as long as you don't have to rely on, you know, an internet forum to get through the game, you know, as long as you don't have to rely on going to a game fact just to understand some of the basics of the game. I mean, some people do like the community aspect of figuring stuff out together. Yeah. But if you don't want to have to do that and you don't have to, that's fine. If that's what he means by accessible. Yeah. Okay. There's nothing wrong with making your game more understandable. It sounds like they're going to uh, use dedicated game servers, which I didn't know they didn't have, um, and that's somehow going to let you keep your character on the game server, which I don't know what they're going for with that, but they, they talk about it some, so um, I guess that will improve the online modes and maybe make that a little bit more accessible. Which, of course, the online mode I didn't really like, because as soon as you start doing good in, the fir- in Dark Souls, somebody comes into your world and kills you kind of sucks <laughs> alright that's enough Dark Souls I guess uh, Fantasy Life anybody know if we're getting level 5's Fantasy Life here in the US does anybody know what level 5's Fantasy Life is other than me I have no clue okay Fantasy Life is a level 5 game that's um, part RPG part an- Animal Crossing so uh, it got it's yeah. out in Japan yeah. got reviewed in, in Famitsu 35 out of 40 what it's ringing bells, but I sort of completely forgot about it. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, remember, I remember hearing about it, but sort of uh, no details whatsoever. <laughs> hmm. 
Okay. Uh, let's see. So it's it's one of those things where you you can while away the time fighting if you take a battle-oriented life, or you can go fishing and cut down trees with a more peaceful life. It's an excellent game, one that reminds me of Ultima Online in a lot of ways, one of the reviewers said. Uh, let's see. What else we got from uh, Hino, the director? Uh, talks about going 3D. We didn't want... Oh, we didn't want fighting and fishing and mining to u- all use different controls. We wanted easy to use uh, understand comets, a control system that people who haven't played this type of game before can handle. Um, we want so whatever. So they have a uh, you know Umatsu and Amano doing like artwork and music. Um, the everyone's involved in this and uh, yeah. So whatever. They've got uh, lots of RPG stuff, lots of Animal Crossing stuff. Is this like the perfect game? Is this what we've been waiting for for our pers- portable 3DSs? Any excitement over this? No? I was waiting for it on my non-portable 3DS. Your non-portable 3DS. You said Your Wii U? Portable. Yeah. For, uh, yeah, the Wii U. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No? Okay. Well, forget it. How about Devil Summoner? Anyone care about Devil Summoner? Soul Hackers? Um, depends. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a heavy dose of cyberpunk in this? Yeah. Okay. I'm interested. Insert standard John complaint here. Yeah, pretty much. Although, um, if it ends up in Europe, I... No, wait, hang on. (laughs) Come on, Quinn. It's not that big of a deal. (laughs) Hey, hey, people are getting annoyed at us because we preach to the choir every day, every episode about localization. (laughs) Oh, no, it's really just... It's really all entirely me bitching about region locks. So this it is. Just kind of, it just. I don't know. It just sort of after the DS, which it just seems so backwards. So I don't remember anything about Devil Summoner, and I'm realizing that's because it's a Sega Saturn RPG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you remember when uh, uh, Raido versus, I mean, the Kuzunoha game came out, people were like, "But this isn't the game we remember." So Devil's, I mean, uh, Devil Summoner is supposed to be cyberpunk and you know, hacking the Matrix and all this stuff. So I mean, it was funny because now that's what people think of Devil Summoner. They think of the 1920 Taisho game. Um. Okay. Yeah. So we I do, don't know what this is. What do you do in do Devil Summoner? A, yeah, we do have an impression on the site actually. Oh, which, good. Uh, Gaijin writes from Japan. Yeah. So go read that. Uh, yeah, he likes it that much. Well, it's first person dungeon traversal. Okay. Uh, demon negotiation, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And you carry around like a gun computer that you use to talk to demons and sort of. I, I'll be honest, I haven't looked into this game since I was uh, since uh, the first Devil Summoner came out. I mean, the first Kuznoha Devil Summoner came out. But yeah, I think that's like the basic that like a lot very you know big cyberpunk vibe, a little bit more like not as like uh, one of the things that set it apart from the earlier SMT games is you know it's not the end of the world, it's not the apocalypse. There's no big factions. You're just basically a bunch of cyberpunk detectives. Trying to solve like some hacking problem, if I remember correctly. If I remember correctly. Okay. Yeah, no, that's what you're right. It was sort of very more cyberpunk than post-apocalyptic. So. And sort of, you know, just kids in normal clothing, ha- hacker group. There's, you know, they're solving their crimes with the use of like demon computers and demons and hacking and computers, yo. So this is Devil Summoner Soul Hackers. Originally came out in '97. This is confusing. 
and so okay so soul hackers was originally released in japan on saturn in 97 a playstation port followed in 99 and uh the 3ds version came out in japan in the past august and so atlas will be bringing it out in north america in spring and so this is the first time we've ever gotten the sequel to devil summoner so if you can go find <laughs> so what if you want to go catch up on the first one Double wait, wait, this isn't. Wait, this is a sequel. It's not the original. It's not a remake. That's that's correct. This is. Wait, Devil's... wait. What do you mean the first time? This okay. is the second time. Okay, dude. So Devil Summoner came out on the Saturn, and then Soul Hackers came out on the Saturn. Okay, so we're getting Soul Hackers. We're getting Soul Hackers, which is the sequel to Devil Summoner. So gotcha. actually, I think it's sort of standalone, isn't it? So it's not actually following on in story wise. Oh, okay. So it's a standalone sequel. Yeah. So yeah, it's like Persona Four and Persona Three, I think. Okay, so it doesn't matter then. Yeah. Yeah, because I was thinking it, it could have because then the, the first actual story sequel would be uh, uh, the Red Army and then the King of Abaddon, which was the second uh, Raido Kuzunoha Devil Summoner one. Okay. Jeez, hmm. <sighs> Japanese names. <laughs> <laughs> we better get off this subject. We're gonna, just gonna get it more confused. Have you ever looked up like what Shin Megami Tensei means? No. True Goddess Metempsychosis. Oh wow. That's weird. Yeah, that's a good question, Funetman. Where is Eternal Punishment? I thought we were getting it. Did they not announce it yet? No. Um, Japan's getting it. We don't know if we, we're getting it. I think the Soul Hackers before Eternal Punishment, I think, in Japan as well. Okay. In terms of the remake, I think it was. The so impression... it may still be coming. Sorry. Sorry. Carry on. The, the impression seems to be don't hold your breath. Really? Yep. So we got, So you have to play if you want to play all of Persona 2, you have to play a PSP game and then go find a PS1 game in 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 English? Is that how that works? Hello? Uh, I guess at the moment, but Right, cuz was that the I thing? Like how... we only got the second half in the US, of the first one, right? Initially, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know no, there are a bunch oh, of people screaming at the podcast right now, going, "No, you guys got this all wrong." Hey, th- this is—you have to admit—this is very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> so, if I want to play all of Persona, I play—I can do most of it on my PSP, with the exception of the f- second half of Persona Two, which I need to find oh. an old, rare version of the oh. PS One Atlas game, right? Oh, and what? And Golden? What? I'm Persona Four. Yeah. Oh, okay, Persona okay, 4 Golden, wrong. right. Yeah, okay. Okay, earlier I was wrong. The you first Devil Summoner... <laughs> okay, what about the first Devil Summoner? Okay, the first Devil Summoner is more the detective game. It does oh. more the private eye. This one, there's a virtual world, like a virtual game world, sort of like a massively multiplayer MMO that's stealing people's souls. Mm. And you're hacking, your team's hacking it to, to stop. So it's dot .hack before there was dot .hack. Sounds like it. All right, sounds good. Well, you know, you know what other game series we need more of is apparently Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. So we're going to get a new Do 3DS really? game. <laughs> new 3DS game coming to the U.S. on March 24th. It's called Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Gates to Infinity. This is, of course, the roguelike Pokemon game, so kind of dumbed down. But you get to play as Pokemon. And, uh, yeah, that's it. You get to... Um, ooh, this is different. Instead of taking a survey and finding out what Pokemon you are, you get to play as Pikachu, Snivy, or Oshawott, Tepig, or Axew. You just get to choose. Hmm. So there, and that's all we know. There you go. I love it. The main weapon of the game is called, and, and Soul Hackers is called a gump. A gump. A, 
a gun computer, <laughs> which allows for both demon summoning and old-fashioned shooting. All right. <laughs> oh, there you go. We have a title. Just call me Gump. Hmm. Okay. So, remember we had a story a while back that Black Isle Studios might be coming back, but Obsidian oh. didn't know about it because, you know, a lot of the Black Isle Studios went and made Obsidian. And so it's kind of weird that they don't know about it. Well, apparently it is coming back. Um, but they, <laughs> this is so weird. Man, Manny, maybe you understand this better than I do. Oh, yeah, I've been following this. Yeah, and please I've tell been me. reading all of Brian Fargo's tweets because this guy is just taking right. these people to task. Fill us in. Okay, so, yeah, like Chris said, Black... Everyone got excited. There was a big new story. Black Isle Studios is back. Yet, in name, pretty much a name only. I think there's only two people from the original Black Isle Studios there, but all the real talent left a long time ago to do other things. Now, like for Brian people who don't know, Black Isle Studios made the games of... What, what, what did they make? Fallout 2. Fallout 2? That's it? Come on, they play, wait, made wait, more which than that. Part right? are you, which part are you stopping me on? No, which games did Black Isle Studios make? For people who don't know, like what? Okay, uh, Fallout Two, Planescape Torment, Icewind Dales, Baldur's Gate, Dark Alliance. Okay, there. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, but a lot of those people have moved on a long time ago. Like the main core creative people, like Brian Fargo's doing Wasteland Two, and Chris Avalon's busy obsidian with a uh, South Park and uh, Project Returning their Kickstarter. So Black Isle Studios came back. But pretty much a name only, like a very cynical sort of move, where it's just like redirecting a studio with a famous name so to get that old school gamer love. So, so here's what's going on. Recently, the big news this week was that they're starting a Kickstarter so that they can eventually start a Kickstarter. What? What? They're kickstarting <laughs> a Kickstarter. Can you do that? Yep. <laughs> okay, no, the thing is, because Kickstarter would never actually allow that. They're uh, they're doing their own private crowdfunding thing, where if you donate a little bit of money, like maybe ten dollars, you'll get access to view a forum. If you give them twenty bucks, you can actually post on said forum. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm joking? Uh, okay. No, I actually believe you. Yeah. What else? Okay, so you no, know, so basically, and you're, the money that you're giving them, the money that they're not telling you how much money. You know, there's no counter like a Kickstarter where you're like contributing, you see what the end goal is, and you see how much money they have so far and how much more they need. They're sort of collecting money from people with the hope that, with the idea that at this point they're just going to make a studio. They're going to hire people. They're going to buy all the tools they need. They're going to make a working prototype of a game called V13. I'll get to that part later. And then they're going to show that to other people to get funding for it. And then at that point, once they have funding, maybe they'll come back to real Kickstarter and then get further funding so you can actually make that game. So you're not what you're paying for at this point is literally nothing. <laughs> to prove to Interplay Management that the, this thing has a chance, basically? Pretty much. Because Interplay yeah. owns this, right? Yeah, and okay. it's basically from what people are. It's not even Gamma Sutra had a great had a, had a great expose on this. I say expose because it's sort of like they said they Gamma Sutra called them out completely. Like, what are you giving these money? What are you giving these people money for? What are you? What is the money going to? Are, are you? It's, it's like basically right now, the biggest joke on the internet right now. Brian Fargo is just making is just sort of calling them shameless and sort of discuss and sort of embarrassing the way they're taking the crowdfunding because. 
it's not, and it's not that like Brian Fargo is like uh, is jealous or angry or bitter because he's a big proponent of called kicking it forward, which is you take five percent of the pro- of the profits you made from Kickstarter and you give it to other fellow kicks, uh, Kickstarter projects. Hmm. You know, so he's really big on crowdfunding. But the way these people are handling it's sort of like really dirty and under and sort of just you know sort of dirty and you're perverting the name of Black Isle because you're just using it sort to sort of make more money. There's I'm trying to find some of his tweets at the same time, so the reason why I'm sort of uh, going a little bit in circles. But if you give me a minute and ask a few questions, or um, let's see, so they <laughs> let's see, the quote is to prove to management that foons, fans want the studio resurrected. Uh, our goal is at this stage is threefold: prove to management that you want Black Owl Studios resurrected. And all the history and tradition of excellence that goes with it. Continue to staff up and complete our PV13 game design and develop a tech demo slash proof of concept for our design that will open the doors to additional funding. Um, so this is what's interesting about Project V13 is that this is the same project title that uh, the Fallout Online MMO was being developed yeah. under. It basically sounds like this is the MMO with all references to Fallout dripped out. But there's yeah. still some questions there because... There's no word if the original team who was working on that for like seven years is even working on it anymore. Or there's, you know, there's 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 a lot of questions on every part of this. So like, at what point, what stage is that even? Is that sort of a old project in? Who's working on it? Who has it? Are you just gonna polish that up to do a working prototype? I mean, if they've been working on it for so many years, how come you can't just show that to people yeah. and get funding based off that? And it's still gonna be post-apocalyptic, just no Fallout references. Great. So it's just a slightly sterilized okay, fallout MMO. I mean, this, this is a big saga. That's why I needed a few minutes to get prepared. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so like I said, uh, there's uh, some good articles about this where people are taking them to task like Gama Sutra. And the Structoid has a great title where it's like – that's where I got the uh, Black Isle Studios funding by like, starting a Kickstarter so they can eventually kickstart a Kickstarter or, <laughs> or something. <laughs> so yeah, like uh, – so here we go, like some art. So what exactly is this is from the Gone Sutra article? So what exactly is Project V13? It's a good question, and while we can make a fair guess at the answer, it's not been ex- uh, specifically explained yet. So you know they go to the part about the MMO, who's working on it. Uh, this is the big one. What is the money even going towards? Even if you decide to look past all the shadiness, it's pretty impossible not to raise a critical eyelid at the crowdfunding scheme itself. Where it's become common practice to offer back rewards for those putting fo- funding towards your game, Black Isle decided that this isn't necessary. If you pledge 10 bucks, you'll be granted access to a special Black Isle form. If you've done 20, they'll even let you post on the form. There is no way to receive a copy of the game by pledging, even if you decide to put down $10,000 because the money isn't actually going towards the game at all. So, and of course, the, the best part of the story is, is that... Uh, all of this negative press from people like Brian Fargo and Gamasutra and Destructoid has made the people, like the handful of developers who actually do work at Black Isle Studios, very defensive and negative. So he, here's a tweet uh, Brian Fargo posted in, like from Black Isle Studios update number two on Facebook. Maybe you should just empty the bank account on this project just to spite them. And the people that they're trying to spite are every, all the naysayers. So they have really ranting posts on Facebook where it's like, you know, some people are just jealous and they want to live in their bunkers and have their head on the ground. And you know what? We don't need those kind of negative people around us anyway. If you really, you know what you should do? You should empty your bank account on this project just to show them and spite them. That way we're surrounded by positive people who want to see this project flourish and succeed. Because there's nothing more positive than spite. (laughs) 
And you think I'm joking? I can, I'm, I'm just trying to get all this together. I can literally read to you this post, and you can tell me how this sounds like the insane ramblings of yeah. someone you should not give your money to. Okay, here it is. Update number two. Well, why you shouldn't donate. Some, something you should think about before donating or telling your friends to donate. You might be... You might be the cause of a small number of people sitting in their cramped, dark uh, F-bomb shelter, depressed because they're not sitting in their cramped, dark F-bomb shelter for real because the world didn't really end. Got that? Some people won't be happy. You're helping. So if you have no compassion for those apo- for those apocalyptics who want it all to come down around their ears but not theirs, then you probably shouldn't put in a contribution. But if those people sitting in their ivory dungeons annoy the hell out of you with their barrels of water, stacks of free-dried and smug attitudes, then maybe you should empty the bank account on this project just to spite them. Uh, ivory dungeons, barrels of water? What? (laughs) Exactly! What does that even mean? I don't know. Where do I find this? Uh, The Black Isle Studios page on Facebook. Just search Black Isle Studios. It's update number two. Okay. But, like, you know, it's, it's an obvious jab at some people like, uh, you know, that obvious jab at Brighton Fargo and the Gamma Sutra for telling people not to donate to this crazy thing. Some people just don't want, just, some people sit in their eye towers and want you to be, don't want us to succeed or to see us. Are you happy? Well, you know what? Teach them a lesson and give us all of your money. And then maybe one day you'll get a game in like six years. So let's see. Create some apoplectic apocalyptics. Yeah, try saying it out loud. Yeah, that's that's why I stumbled a few times. Wow. Don't forget to check the updates tab. Oh, wait, go ahead. Let's be fair, Black RPGs of people getting free money for doing nothing so far as well. Yeah. Yeah, there was (laughs) a hero thing that sort of still fell apart in Kickstarter recently. Where they ran out of money and they hadn't contacted any of the backers for like six months. Which one was that? It was uh, Code Heroes. Oh, okay. The the game that tells you how to code. Mm. So that didn't go anywhere? It's too bad. No. But man, it's just, it sounds like someone hacked their Facebook account and posted that. Because that doesn't sound like it should have come from like a real professional. Hmm. It's not gone through the PR people, at least. <laughs> Do they have any? That's, maybe that's what you're hiring. And man, the comments, everyone on this Facebook, even for, even people who, were, who backed it were like, are you serious? Are you serious right now? Well, if you want to learn to code and that Kickstarter disappointed you, go to codeacademy.com. That's, that's the only positive thing I can give you. It's free. You can go do that there. So, and that's gamified with badges and everything for your progress. Uh, let's see. Ugh. So yeah, <laughs> well, that's so a that's nasty like, story. It's weird. It's bizarre. It's like so they're they're bitter and vindictive on their Facebook page. No one in the industry trusts them. Even people who who went over backwards to support the crowdfunding model, like Brian Fargo, are like, no, "F these guys." <laughs> so there you go. Be careful if you decide to give them your money. You can just know that you're basically paying for the right to post on a forum, which you should never have to pay for. Hmm. Cool. Oh, let's see. Next story will be... Oh, yeah, come on, man. Give us something good to top that drama. Uh, I, I, there's nothing that's going to top that. Uh, I wish I'd known. I would have 
led off or ended with it. But I can tell you that Final Fantasy IV is now out on the iOS app store. Yay! And if you watch the trailer, you'll see that Final Fantasy V is coming to the iOS app store, yes, too. Yes, that's like the big announcement at the end of the trailer. I didn't realize that till this morning when checking some but, stories again. Hey, call me crazy, though. They didn't make a remake of... They didn't make an, uh, a 3D version like they did with Final Fantasy IV, right? Correct. So yeah, that's right. So would it be the original five, or would it be a 3D remake? We don't know. I don't think they're going to put in the resources to make a 3D remake, though. I don't know. We don't I'd know. I'd be surprised oh. if they did, but you can never tell. So I downloaded Final Fantasy IV on iOS. What's nice, it's a universal oh. app. So oh. you, only, you only buy it once. So uh, hang on, didn't, didn't we joke about last week that how we knew it wasn't going to be a universal app? Yeah, we were wrong. It is a universal app. So they finally took all the criticism that everyone was looking at them and took it seriously. It seems like it. And so I rewarded them a little bit for it. Uh, pick that up and... How much uh, was it, by the way? Uh, like way too much. What was it? Fifteen ninety nine. Oh, You know what, though? Yep. I will say this. If you're going to charge fifteen ninety nine, at the very least, you only have to buy it once for your iPad and your iPhone. So I, it's, for me, it's more acceptable. Like the part that always made me angry was the idea that, like, fine, if you're going to have high prices, whatever. I don't care. If you think your game is worth it, fine. But don't make people double dip. Don't make your hardcore fans double dip and then not even give them a way to share their data across both devices. That's right. So, uh, so whatever, man. Fifteen ninety. If it's worth it to you, know you're getting at least getting it for all of your iOS devices. That's fine. And that's true. You do have to, um, even with it being universal, your save games don't fly between the two, uh, between the two systems. Oh, they, don't, they haven't implemented iCloud. Well, I haven't tried. That's a good question. They could do it with iCloud, couldn't they? Hmm. Even Max Payne on iOS has iCloud. Well, I will have to check. I will have to check. Um, I just played it on my iPhone 5. It looks great on there. Um, It is up-resed from the 3D version, from the 3, uh, excuse me, the DS version. Though the Mm -hmm. textures, the only textures that seem to have been improved are inside the battle scenes. Um, Like the armor and stuff, textures aren't improved. So they're still rather pixelated textures on higher resolution polygons. So it looks better than the DS version, but it's not like it really isn't where I think it should be given what they were going for with that design. Do you think they're trying to keep the app small? Um, no, I think they were trying to minimize development time. All right. How I mean, big is it? Like a couple gigs? Let us see. I'm trying to look that up for you right now. Um, I know the limit. The app size limit is two gigs, though. It is, I know. Okay. It is 433 megabytes. Man, DS games are small. <laughs> and that's universal, right? So. Yeah. It has um, and iPad, yeah. Huh. Uh, it was not that big. Bastion's bigger than that. Well, someone just stole my iPad, so I can't tell. Yeah, this does, app is designed to work for both iPhone and iPad. So there you go. Got the plus sign. So I, I don't know how it looks on the iPad. I haven't booted it up on there yet. Uh, just the iPhone 5, and I know it looks good there. And um, it feels to me, I've played some of their earlier Final Fantasy ports, and it feels like they've done a better job with the D-sticks and st- the virtual D-pads. And, you know, it's, it's one of those floating virtual D-pads where wherever you put your thumb down, that's, it'll just start from there and, and let you move around. Um, and as you get close to another enemy, you just tap with your other finger on the thing, or, or excuse me, another person, and you'll start talking to them. And it felt more accurate than I've felt it in other games, but it's still, you're going to wish you had real buttons because you always do in a game like this. But it does feel like they're improving that some. The battle system has an auto. So if you don't want to have to tap menus over and over and over while just leveling up in this game um, and get frustrated at all those you know small target tapping, you can just hit the auto button and you will auto fight. 
Um, I don't remember if the DS version had auto fight or not. It's been a while since I played that one. That should be great when you have to spread an area and you have all random battles. That actually makes it, you know, a little bit more palatable. Yep, it's got all the voice acting and the great music. Um, so all that was uh, intact. So, um, so far positive. Uh, it, but you know, if you don't like the, uh, if you uh, one of the people who don't like the DS version, then this probably isn't gonna change your mind. Ooh. So now I'm really curious though, since the FF3 was the 3D was the 3D remake and four was the 3D remake. I'm thinking five people are expecting another 3D remake, but they never made one before. Huh? That would be really interesting. They also don't have a 3D remake of six. Hmm. Do you think they would put on the 3DS at the same time? Five and six. Oh, no, I mean, do you, like do you mean in the same package or no, in the same generation? No. Putting out five for both the 3DS and the iPad at the same time. That would be cool. Yeah. But you don't like the 3D remakes, Diana. I don't like the Final Fantasy IV 3D remake. That doesn't mean my mind is completely closed to future 3D remakes. What? What? I now I have to know. What? What is such a turnoff? It's ugly. You mean the art design? Just the- yeah. yeah. I don't know that the 3DS is going to fix that though. <laughs> but I mean, there have been like. Hat Party has the same design, right? No, it's a lot nicer looking. No, okay. these people a little bit more. These people look more like the Amano artwork. They're a little bit more like uh, long and wispy. Rosa looks like a whore. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Cecil's VA Call-girl. is just too whiny for me. I'm okay with Cecil's VA. That no, I don't like. Oh, oh, I don't okay, like so. how emo he is. I just, I, I can't wait for him to like randomly at some point start cutting his wrists. Like, no. I can't connect with that character with that voice, I think is my problem. And I think that Cecil's a really sympathetic character. Like, I love Cecil. I like Theodore, too. So. Isn't it? You know, is it could, could it be just Cecil? that? Whatever. Go ahead. Oh, no, he's correcting my pronunciation. Played... Go ahead, Manny. Is it because you played four for so many years and, and he had his own voice in your, in your head for all those years to hear someone else's voice? Sort of just like a big turnoff. Oh. That was Rana. <laughs> I'm sorry. Could you repeat the question, please? Sorry, I got jumbled. Okay. So could it be just because, you know, you've been playing four for so many years and it wasn't voice acted and no. all the characters have a specific voice in your head? So no, that, I don't like think anything. So. Okay. Because I've gone from like classic games that have no VA to a newer version that did have VA and I didn't have that awkward jump. So it just was straight up bad acting and bad I just, it's, I don't like the voice. Like I said, I just feel like he's whiny. Yeah, yeah, that's it. All right, now we know. If you don't like whiny characters, do you agree, Chris? Does he sound whiny? Um, not, not overly whiny. I'm, I'm okay with it. Like I said. But let's get off this since uh, it's apparently the source of much consternation. Uh, ju- just as an FYI, the uh, the Steam sales have cycled for today, and Dungeon <gasps> Defenders is two pounds seventy nine. Nice, it's a fun Pretty game. Oh no, no 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 no! Wait wait, that reminds me. Um, actually, if you want a really cheap Dungeon Defenders, why don't you just get the Humble Indie Bundle? It, because it'll cost Defender. more that way, actually. No, but then you also get Legend of Grimrock. I already have that, but yes, oh. the latest Humble bun- Humble Bundle. I can't even say it is out and it's got Grimrock and Dungeon Defenders. Just that that's a great bundle. Get it. Great no, no, yeah, it's Grimrock. Dungeon Defenders plus all of the DLC. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. That's totally worth it then. 
Oh, and it has like the Binding of Isaac with all of the new DLC for that, soundtracks for all of these games, and I think the current average is like less than seven dollars. Let's see, it was six dollars and thirty cents the other day. Six dollars thirty nine cents. Look yeah, at that. That's Look great. At that. That's a great deal. That is a great deal. They don't say what DLC is included with the oh there. And the oh yeah, they do. Um, a gigantic board of DLC list here. Yeah. Wow. It's like everything. So if you ever want to play the game as Obama versus Romney, go for it. Is closure any deals. good? That's also in this bundle. Um, it's a pretty good, interesting indie game here. Like the the light mechanics work really well. Some cool puzzle platforming. I wish I could like gift these codes that you know. You can't just give them to people. You can you can gift humble and humble bundles to people. Right, but I meant so if you get a Steam code, they give it to you as a bundle. No, uh, they're all individual codes for this. Yeah, point. they give you a set of codes. Oh, this one's different then. Yeah, they've no, started the separating pre- no, them. The, they've the been pre- doing that uh, for like a couple hum- bundles now. That's not true. The yeah. last one, it was one bundle, one code for the bundle. No, but remember there was like a bunch in the middle, like the THQ bundle and stuff like that. Oh, there was. Okay. Yeah, because for me, I think the last one I bought was bundle four, which did come with separate codes. Yeah. So yeah, if you ha- whenever possible, I think for about the last three months, they've been separately coding them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why like on your Twitter feed was like swamped with uh, Saints Row Two codes that people were giving away because they already owned it. Okay, yeah, I was wondering how they were doing that actually. Let's see, everything. Well, oh, their charities suck this time. It's Child's Play and EFF. Well, the EFF is pretty good. Yeah. They defend your rights as a gamer and um, for the internet. Yeah, let's give it all to charity because I hate developers. Um, <laughs> no tip to the humble guys. This should be a free service. <laughs> Someone has to have the bandwidth, host it, and do the support. If, if Dungeon Defenders or Grimrock were not locked away, I would only be giving a penny. So, <laughs> at least the money's going lately. to charity. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All one penny going to charity. I, I like what would ha- what happened when um, uh, the guys who made uh, did I mention this last week? The guys who make uh, Cards Against Humanity. If you tried paying zero dollars for their Christmas expansion, they'd let you. I did that. Well, yeah, and yeah. They, they, and they you. they insult you. <laughs> yeah, they, they let you, but they stick up this big red this big red message calling you a complete asshole. Yes, doing it. <laughs> you are an asshole. It's like you know, it, it costs us like a dollar to ship this, and you're paying us nothing. You're an asshole and a, and a cheapskate. <laughs> it's great. Um, I I did that. Then found out that it was going to be like that, and went ahead and um, uh, what was it? Uh, upped it to three dollars to cover their costs. All right, so they guilted you into paying. <laughs> they, guilted, nice. they guilted me into just breaking even. I wasn't going to. I think with the humble bundle stuff too. I think a lot of people were like, "Well, it's for charity." Oh my gosh, I'll you're right. Seven dollars, all separate keys. So I yeah. need to. Um, I need to find someone who needs Legend of Grimrock on Steam. Sweet. Um, and by the way. Legally, these keys are for your personal use only. It does say that on the site, though nobody follows that. <laughs> no, no, no. On Twitter, it's nothing but Steam codes. Nothing but extra Steam codes, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like for 640 your friends should be not cheap enough that they can't buy the games themselves. But mm-hmm. You know, I always say, though, if there's at least one thing in that package that's worth, that you like, you should, you know, just do it. You get the soundtrack, which is, you know, FLAC and MP3. You get the game, DRM free. If there's one thing that's worth it, and then, you know... Give most of the money to charity yep. for the, this stuff. Oh, now I've got Shank 2. Good. Or did I already have Shank 2? I don't remember. Hmm. You probably did not have Shank 2. I, I, did, I did already have Indie Game the movie. 
Oh, that's right. Indie game, the movie is a part of that package. Yes. Oh, I, I, I've seen that already. Actually, on I think it was Netflix. It, it's actually yeah. all right. I think Anna and I will watch that over the holidays. I, I stopped watching the middle. It got too pretentious for me. Oh, okay. Uh, that's that just because of Jonathan Blow. <laughs> I don't know. Phil Fish. It's pretty pretentious. Right. Is he the Fez guy? Yeah, yes. the, the one where he, the part where he's sitting in the like in like in the bar and the big you know the big extravagant bar and sort of like looking over and wondering. Can this game be everything I want it to be? I was uh, like, yeah. good night. All, all I could <laughs> oh, think of when I, I, I all I could think of when 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 encountered with his sections was there's a reason there's a fez wearing character called Judas in Binding of Isaac. <laughs> so you, I'll, I'll get back to it eventually, but I think that night I was like, nope, not tonight. <laughs> I did. I know these guys for real life, like like people like that every day. I'm like, I don't need to watch it out. So you know the THQ bundle? Yeah. I did that and gave them a dollar. Or whatever the so, minimum was to get Steam codes. Which did you get the... Oh, but you didn't get the, the reason why. What? The, the, reason the reward why, was yeah. Saints Row the 3, which you already had. No, they always add extra stuff after the fact. What else did they add? Uh, they added Warhammer 40k. I already had that too. And, and another I, game. And actually, I already have that on here. Warhammer 40k Dawn of War Steam Key. I have that. I can get that. Okay. Which I, I already have it's, anyway. I always jump on the Humble Bundles early so I can get the low average price. And I know after the fact, I always add like two or three games. But I just Should, did it. I did it to get Metro 2033 for a penny or a dollar or whatever the minimum was. Don't feel too bad about that because, uh, well, well, for one thing, there's always a competition for people to be the highest donor on that list. Yeah. So they cover a lot of the extra costs for people who only pay a penny. And the second thing is is that they gave away free copies of 2033 THQ. When uh, for pre-ordering the the new game Metro Last Light, hmm. so don't feel too bad about that. I don't feel too bad about it. I like taking advantage of the humble bundle. <laughs> uh, I was actually going to say was uh, yeah, THQ put the humble bundle out, and then they still file for, cha- file for chapter eleven. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna need to go through some restructuring. No question. So, uh, Codex doing that too, <laughs> selling off their patents. All right, so Square Enix is not doing too well apparently north american office layoffs unspecified number um and the staff reduction impacts the wow well okay rumors say it'll impact the relaunch of final fantasy 14 we don't really know um they say it won't uh they've confirmed that the layoffs happened and blah 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 is a difficult decision so this is their el segundo office right that mostly handles localization and marketing for 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 north america i don't know i don't have a good I know, I know, Anna. You've been there before. Pardon? You've been there before to, to the LA offices. Of uh, Square Enix? Yeah, yeah, a couple times. <laughs> Anna, put the put the iPad away and pay attention. I wasn't doing the iPad. I was smacking someone who was being naughty on the forums. Well, stop that too. Sorry. <laughs> People behave on the forums. Don't trot out five-year-old insults. You and I know we've both been there before. It doesn't Wait, seem like an I, overly large Wait, office. How did I miss that? Miss what? The five-year-old insults. He wants yeah. to know what thread you're talking about because you both They're are completely now. off topic. Come on, back to the back to the story. Screen. We're talking about the Square Enix USA office. They yeah. laid yeah. off people. It doesn't seem. I was just saying it doesn't seem like an overly large office. Like there were a ton of people there. So um, there was. Yeah. Yeah, it was a pretty big office. 
Right. But I mean, it's all relative. Like, I mean, I'm used to visiting offices like Natsume and Exceed and Nisa, where it's like, we have eight people in the office. <laughs> yep. Or less. Yeah. Like, so, if you see that picture I mean, on our Facebook page. Going to and seeing, like, 70 people was like, wow, you guys have an office that's huge. That's true. Like, if you look at our Facebook page, the cover photo, that's, like, basically, that is the size of the Exceed office. That's it. Yep. <laughs> and that's, like, most of the staff in that picture. Hmm. So what's going to be affected? No one knows. Just maybe fourteen, maybe not fourteen. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Don't really know. Well, it still sucks to have people lose their jobs so close to the Christmas time, Hanukkah. It does. You know. Another company that had layoffs uh, that we talked about this year was uh, the Old Republic, Star Wars: The Old Republic. Um, but they uh, seem to be trying to build things back up. They announced this week there's going to be an expansion for the Old Republic called Hut Cartel. Oh, detail. Give me some details. It'll raise the level cap to 55. There'll be a new planet called Makeb, which they actually talked about at E3. They didn't say how that new planet was going to come out. Now we know it's an expansion. It'll cost 20 bucks to get the expansion, or 10 bucks if you're a subscriber. Uh, remember that the game's not free to play, but they have an optional subscription program. So if you're part of that, you get the expansion for a discounted price. If you pre-order the expansion by midnight on January 7th, you get in five days early. Um, as far as, uh, and you can pre-order it even if you're a free-to-play player. As far as the game goes, though, uh, on this podcast, I still have not put in the hour, two hour, three hour, however long I'm going to have to wait on hold to get my account fixed. So still haven't played it since going You know, honestly, I feel like that's enough of a hassle that you probably never will. <sighs> no, you, that I mean, is I'm a huge being, hassle. I'm, you're right, though. It is a huge hassle. I, you have so many other that. games to play. You know, you have stuff you can have fun with Anna in your city. You can do so many other things. I, I, I just can never imagine you spending like two hours on hold to get this fixed. And then you, um, you're probably still going to have to send some. You're probably still going to have yeah, to Yeah, and they're not even going to fix it while I'm on the phone. They might even, oh, man. Can you fax us your ID and your proof of purchase and blah, blah, blah. Oh, that'll suck. It's okay, man. Just delete it off your hard drive. That's like 50 gigs you got back. It's not even on my hard drive. I can't install it till I get my account working. <laughs> no big loss. Great. All right, we already got that. Man, so many that. layoffs around this time. Just got me thinking. It's sad. Tryon, the old, and then uh, Square Enix, and now you remind me of Old Republic. Man, people just losing their jobs in 2012. That's one thing I am not thankful for. Yeah, no kidding. But you can be thankful. We're done with the news. I'm thankful that I didn't lose my job. So am I. I'd be right. I'd be th- I'd be thankful for my job if I had one. Oh, poor Quinn. What do they call you, Neats, or a Ned? No, a Neat. No, Not I'm in neat. education or training. Yeah, I'm Neat. Yeah. Ned is Scottish. A- Ned is Scottish chap, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I would be a Hikikomori, uh, but uh, I'm actually living with someone. I don't live in social seclusion. Okay. <laughs> I think it's time go. for... Okay, go ahead. His last thing. The sleepy RPG believes in you. Quinn, your time will come. Yay. Well, we're here. Can I do sort of a quick plug for the feature that Trent Seeley put up yesterday? Absolutely. the RPG trends. What is the feature? So Tell people. It's, it's basically... He's looked at sort of all the RPG releases in the last 10 years and created lots of pretty charts based on them. So you can sort of see how it sort of 
the number of RPGs have increased. I think it's up to 2009 was the highest year. Just check. Yeah, 2009 highest year. But sort of, it's gone from about 100 in 2003 to 150 in the last couple of years. But there's lots of sort of interesting stuff there as well. So look at that, and then we put the percentage of RPGs that never came west. <laughs> oh, where do I find that? Um... Uh, sort of, it's on the main page at the top, and it's, I think it's on the all releases page. It's all the wow, those are cool charts. Those are great charts. I love it. Thank you, Trent. That's a great feature. Not released in a... Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost <Sad shot>. half. <laughs> That's, that is sad. That is a sad little donut. <laughs> 50, 45.5% of RPGs not released in North America between 2002 and 2012. Ouch. Ouch, 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 ouch. And that makes me sad considering... Well, I mean, some of that is probably going to be they suck. But, I mean, some of that is, think of the games that we did get that completely stink and the games that we didn't get that were good. Mm. Or at least mediocre. A let mediocre me s- game's better than a crap game, right? Let me scare you a bit more. The platform with the most releases this year? Mobile. Is mobile. Yeah. It shot up like a rocket. And when we say mobile, that means iOS and Android. That does not mean DS or 3DS or... Or which get, is portable, which yeah. I think is in second. Yep. Yeah, that's in second. Yep. Wow. Cool. Check that release out. Yeah. Um, please leave us feedback on the show, podcast at rpgamer.com. Um, you can also voicemail us at 608-729-4098. And you can also find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash rpgamer. And on Facebook, twitter, uh, facebook.com slash rpgamer. You can also follow each of us. I'm Sabin1001. Manny is Marino E-M. Anna is A-M Newfeld, N-E-U-F-E-L-D. John is Mecca Quinn, Q-U-I-N. Alex, you're Severn Miro, right? Yep. S-E-V-E-R-I-N-M-I-R-A. So follow us on social networks and rate us on iTunes. Five-star ratings. That helps us a lot more than you know that gets the show more visible on itunes and gets us more subscribers and more people to give feedback and participate in the show tell us what you like what you don't like it's the end of the year we will not have a show next week um there's no news anyway so trust me it doesn't matter <laughs> so this is last show up yeah this is our schedule up in the forums so. okay cool so last show 2012 yep. uh when are you doing your game of the year stuff um next I'll, year. I'll start organizing that next year so it should happen sometime in january so should we have people send us, like, should that be our question of the week? What was your top RPGs of the year? Yeah, start sending us in your picks for the year. And, uh, yeah, that's a great time if, to start if, thinking if, about that. If anyone, if anyone writes in to ask me what my favorite game of the year is, you haven't been listening. It's got large robots. Not medium-sized robots, and definitely not small ones. <laughs> it has to be large. <laughs> yep. All right. Uh, with that, I think we're going to sign out. Everybody have a happy holiday. Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Festivus, whatever it is. Oh, and have a solemn Ramadan. And a solid Ramadan. <laughs> solemn, Chris. Solid. Solemn. Oh, I heard solid. Have a solid Ramadan. <laughs> yeah, my brother, have a solid Ramadan. <laughs> That's what I thought you were going oh, for. Oh, okay. <laughs> Have a solemn Ramadan. Sorry. 
All right. All right With that, we're out. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next year. Bye-bye. Enjoy this extra long holiday show. Yay. Bye. Bye.